is the Go Blue Crew. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Go Blue Crew on Wolverine Sounds. I'm Derek Devine. With me, Tyler Fenwick, and we are here to talk about the NCAA tournament, but first, the Big Ten tournament. It is March. It is tournament time. Uh, I think heading into the Big Ten tournament, which kicks off uh, Wednesday, this is Tuesday around dinner time that we're recording this. I think, you know, maybe last week, week before, we were a little unsure of Michigan status. I think heading into the Big Ten tournament this time around, we're a little bit more sure that Michigan will, will make it to play the week after in the NCAAs. But Tyler, first, how are you? And, and second, where do you feel Michigan's at with their chances of making the NCAA tournament at this point? Okay, first, I'm feeling a little under the weather. So I appreciate you being willing to take the lead here because every time I use my voice, I feel like I'm about to cough. So that may happen. Second of all, I feel like Michigan, as long as they don't get trounced by IU, they're in the tournament. Uh, Of course, like everybody else, I'm paying attention to all these different uh, bracket predictions and things like that. And uh, I mean, right now it's looking like Michigan is, I wouldn't call them a shoe in, but you know, I think you can even still lose to Indiana, which is one of those teams that like, I think actually does need to win to make the tournament. I think Michigan could still lose that game and perhaps be one of the last four in, but because of what they did against Ohio state to me, that's just like as sure of a thing now as it can be without being an absolutely sure thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm with you. I I think if you look at the win at Ohio state, you know, a relatively close loss to both Illinois and Iowa, you know, both at home, but you beat a rival in Michigan State, a Michigan State team that, you know, seemed to be reeling for the most part. Uh, you know, they, they somehow beat a, a top four Purdue team, but, you know, seemed to lose to just about everybody else in the last 10 games. Um, I think, you know, when you when you beat Rutgers, you beat Michigan State, you beat Ohio State, you finish that five-game stretch with four home games, three and two. Uh, for Michigan, you did exactly what you needed to do. And again, you know that's without Juwan Howard, your head coach. And obviously, he he was suspended for for what happened in Madison, uh, rightfully so. Uh, glad to hear that he's been reinstated and will be coaching for the Big Ten tournament and and likely for a while beyond this. I don't, I don't think there's any firing talks at this point. But to to do what they did, three and two. Uh, in that stretch and then go win on the road at Columbus in general against a ranked Ohio State team, but without their best player, Hunter Dickinson, who, you know, was counted out with a a stomach bug literally like five minutes before the game. It felt like, you know, to to be without your your head coach, to be without uh, Hunter Dickinson and still win that game the way they did, even though they let Ohio State creep back in at the end. Very, very impressive. And I think that's why you see Michigan kind of leave that bubble territory and be kind of in the 11 to 12 spot, probably safe, even with a loss in the Big Ten tournament. Now, playing uh, IU in in Bloomington earlier this season, a game that was almost a, a shocking game in, in a sense that it came at a time where it felt like Michigan was was up and down. They had just had a bunch of postponements due to COVID, and, and they went on the road in a game many people were worried about uh, and, and, and smacked Indiana 80 to 62. So, you know, if you look at this matchup, you know, what are Michigan's chances? Can they, can they replicate what they did on the road at Indiana? Uh, how are you feeling, uh, with this, with this first matchup, uh, the eight, nine matchup in the big 10 tournament? 
Well, remember Caleb Houston had a really big game, and he's coming off of a scoreless game against Ohio State. And uh, that's not to say he hasn't been productive. His defense especially, I think, has really stepped up. Uh, and then you have Terrence Williams coming off the bench. I mean, he scored 17 against Ohio State. And I texted you. I feel like a prophet because I was like, Terrence Williams is going to give somebody 20 points before the season is over. And he came really close to doing it. Uh, Shondi Brown-esque, I would say, just coming off the bench and like a really confident shooter. He can get to the bucket. He's he's a, uh, he's a physical body and not as physical as Brandon Johns. I think he, he definitely also gives you the uh, better rebounds still talking about Johnson I think that's why he's starting over Terrence Williams but uh, you know to have a guy like that coming off the bench and and he's able to to immediately step into some shots and knock them down in an environment like that if that Terrence Williams shows up against Indiana and Caleb Houston finds his stroke again you get Hunter Dickinson back I don't know what kind of vibe you get from uh, getting Jawan Howard back on your bench, but this, it's got to count for something, getting him back for the first time in a while. I mean, I feel confident. I, I don't think this is an Indiana team that should necessarily scare anybody. Uh, they have their moments, but it, living in Indiana, you know, I get to uh, experience the ups and downs of, of an Indiana basketball season with everybody. And I, it's it's not anything that I'm envious of, especially uh, considering the the torment of recent seasons not getting to the NCAA tournament looked like they were gonna maybe ease their way into it uh this year but you know things have uh, fallen apart a little bit and I mean that's that's a team like I said that's gotta have a win so I know the Hoosiers are gonna play desperate uh whether that ends up being good or bad for them I guess we'll find out but I still feel good about Michigan because of the recent development with Terrence Williams and I think you, know, you get you get Caleb Houston going and, and Hunter Dickinson and, and Devontae Jones. We can't forget about him. His uh, uh, recent surge, which, I mean, stretches back farther than I pe- think people give him credit for, but especially recently, he's he's been very solid offensively, a good option for Michigan. So I, I feel pretty confident. I'm right with you. You know, I don't know that we'll see exactly what we saw at Bloomington, a, a game, you know, where where, like you said, Caleb Houston kind of went off. But, again, it's so impressive to see Michigan win without Hunter Dickinson, without Jawan Howard, and without Caleb Houston doing anything except playing a little bit of defense. Now other guys stepped up. Uh, I think, like you mentioned, Devontae Jones, Terrence Williams, you know, if they can play uh, big roles, you know, even Frankie Collins in a couple of those games, getting some great minutes, especially in a game where Devontae Jones played all of, like, two minutes in the first half. Uh, you know, I, I think this is a team that still feels more consistent than they have yet this season, uh, that being Michigan. And Indiana seems to be inconsistent. I like that Indiana has to, you know, essentially win this game for a chance at the tournament. Uh, you're going to get the best out of that team. Uh, I know that Michigan feels like they can play with anybody in the country. Um, you know, I usually don't. I already don't like when people say that. And then especially when Tom Izzo comes out and says the same thing, it's like, oh, nah, no. you know, Devontae <laughs> Jones saying it's one thing. Tom Izzo coming out and saying it <laughs> later that day is, is a whole nother. Uh, I, I disagree. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I think that this is a game that Michigan could win. And again, I like that they're playing a team that's probably going to be able to, to throw their best. Uh, Indiana has great players. Um, you know, they're, they're a team that can be dangerous. They have been dangerous at times, but they've just been so 
inconsistent. And I think inconsistent at the wrong times, whereas Michigan's, you know, finally found a little bit of consistency. So I do feel confident in that game. Speaking of Terrence Williams, you know, I love one that you're, you were three points off. Uh, so sad. Hopefully that 20-point game comes in tournament time. If Terrence Williams to. scores 20 during a, a, a tournament game, I, I have a feeling Michigan wins that game. Uh, I don't see Terrence Williams scoring 20 and Michigan losing. Uh, if that's the case, then he's the only one that scored that day. But yeah, it reminds me of a tweet I saw from good old Stuart Douglas. You know, remember Stuart? I don't know if you follow him. I do, um, yeah. March, I think it was early March, he had said, you know, something along the lines is, does anybody have a higher first attempt three-point percentage than Terrence Williams? And just like a Shondi Brown who, you know, without any warm-up except for, you know, pregame, uh, you know, just to, to come in, take that big shot, drain that big shot. And then all he did is drain two more at Ohio state. You know, I, we've been looking for another three point shooter and very quietly and sometimes not so quiet. Like when he goes off for 17, Terrence Williams has been so consistent from the three point line. Uh, it just happens to be that, you know, it's often just one or two guys that hit shots, uh, or nobody that hits shots from the three point line for Michigan. So I think he can be a big factor moving forward, uh, getting good minutes in general, but especially minutes when guys get in foul trouble. But more than anything, and what I think we should spend a little bit more time talking about, you've already referenced it, is Devontae Jones. He has been, you know, nothing short of almost incredible lately. That that game uh, that, that he had, uh, really just the stretch he's had, like you said, you know, probably dating further back than a lot of people realize. He has been so consistent, uh, there's a lot of people probably deleting tweets from November and December. Uh, you know, we had touched on, you know, waiting for him to to kind of turn the corner and get comfortable. He feels awfully comfortable right now. And I really do think his basketball experience, uh, even though, you know, he's not been in the Big Ten tournament. And even though the NCAA tournament's a big stage and Michigan's likely going to have to, you know, upset a team or two uh, to make a run. I feel a lot more confident after seeing what I've seen from Devontae Jones lately. How about you? Oh, absolutely. Doesn't it feel like he's kind of warming up for his Derek Walton postseason moment? Absolutely. It feels like he literally has, you know, some some of his greatest Michigan play left in him. And and I really do feel like uh we're just getting a taste of of what he can do. The the reality is is you may only play two more games if you lose uh two games, but hopefully Michigan will have a shot to play two, three, four games uh, between the two tournaments. And I think that just gives Devontae Jones an opportunity to, to be a field general, but also a scorer. I mean, uh, his confidence from the three-point line, uh, not making all of them, uh, but, you know, hitting some big ones and, and then willing to take big shots and big moments feels exactly like what Derek Walton did, uh, you know, as, as he, you know, grew into, into his uh, ability uh, late in his career. So I feel... Like Michigan has, you know, a, a great point guard all of a sudden. And it, it just feels like too little too late uh, in terms of, you know, obviously improving that seed. I think you could maybe, you know, be a 9-10 seed if you run through the Big Ten tournament or, or make a little bit of a run. Uh, but likely going to be a double-digit seed uh, just based on, you know, the fact that Michigan is going to play a really tough team second matchup if they get past Indiana and Illinois. So, but man, Devontae Jones finally you know, come March seems to be peaking at the right time. And I think Michigan uh, will peak because of that. Yeah. And I think it's, it seems like a small thing, but the fact that he's not in foul trouble three minutes into the game has got to count for something 
because he's been able to be on the floor longer. I feel like that stunted his growth a little bit in the offense with with Michigan. The fact that he just wasn't able to be on the floor a whole lot because he committed a lot of silly fouls, and he hasn't done that anymore. So he's able to be out there, and and even on those nights where he's kind of struggling, it it's pretty clear that he is supposed to be Michigan's point guard. Frankie Collins has his moments where it's he's distributing the ball really well. We saw that with Hunter Dickinson a few uh, games ago. And I know Kobe Buffin comes in and, and he gives you a spark offensively. Uh, he had a really nice big shot uh, against um, Ohio State. But when Devontae Jones like has it going and and the the guys around him, you can tell like like really trust him with the ball and, and he's trying to get downhill and he's shifty enough to do it and he can use his body. Uh, like any good point guard to get shots up over guys who are otherwise going to swat it into the fifth row. I mean, that's the kind of thing that a big 10 team needs. If if you're talking about, you know, trying to make a run in your conference tournament, uh, battling for better position in the NCAA tournament where you might make a run. It, it has to start with like good, confident point guard play and, give me you know a really good Hunter Dickinson and and I don't know Terrence Williams off the bench and some some nice Eli Brooks threes like like all of that is nice but it means less when it's not coming off the back of of what Devontae Jones is able to do at the point guard position so one of the ways Michigan beat Indiana on the road obviously you know play from from Caleb Houston uh really good Hunter Dickinson's been consistent all all year Though in that game uh, specifically, he was three for four from three point line. Michigan as a team, eleven for seventeen, and, and they didn't need to you know hit that many shots to win that game. Again, they won by eighteen points. But does Michigan need to hit triples consistently throughout the Big Ten tournament to win games? I think you can beat Indiana without lighting it up from behind the arc. Um, I think Hunter. This is a game that Hunter Dickinson and Musa Diabate together could could be like a really nice pairing. So I don't think you necessarily need that against Indiana. Um, but going forward, I mean, if you win that one, you got Illinois. I don't see how you beat Illinois without being efficient from behind the arc. And then I don't know. Uh, this is just pure speculation. After that, but you might be playing Rutgers or or Iowa, or, yeah, um, I guess Nebraska or Northwestern could, could come out of that, those those uh, first couple games that they're going to play on Wednesday night. But I, I think you get through one game, at least, without being, like, a really good three-point shooting team. I mean, I'm looking at, at Indiana here. Uh, I, it's, it's not a team that, that's going to, like, run you out of the gym and, and score – 85 points um it, you said earlier like they have great players and i would just tweak that and say they have players who can be great and have been great namely trace jackson davis uh that's a guy who like when he's on he's on one of the best in the conference race thompson is a guy who can like he can do a little bit of everything he hits shots um but if if not everything is clicking for them i don't think michigan needs to to find a good outside stroke I think you just you play inside out you let things run through Hunter Dickinson and if that means you're posting him up and and Indiana's not going to run a double at him or something you just roll with that 
and whatever happens behind the arc happens, but I don't think you need anything big. Indiana shot so poorly in that in that first matchup, less than 40% overall, 26% from three, you know, under 70% even from the free throw line. And again, you had a couple of guys, you know, basi- basically not missing Caleb Houston and, and Hunter Dickinson and Michigan shot 64% from the field. But yeah, I think like you said, you know, Indiana has players that can be good, but often don't play well enough. You know, I would expect per usual a player you know, having a good game, I'd say Trace Jackson Davis, just, you know, come tournament time, uh, you know, your, your better players usually make plays when your team is in need to, uh, you know, win a game or two to, to make the NCAA tournament. But yeah, I feel pretty confident uh, about Michigan beating Indiana, a little less confident, um, you know, with that matchup against Illinois, shall it happen? You know, again, it's hard for, for Illinois to beat uh, Michigan twice, you know, the first time they did so with a uh, Hunter Dickinson absence. The second time it just felt like Plummer couldn't miss. Uh, it felt like he had 10 threes in the first half, but what they did is they beat Michigan really essentially in two different ways. So I think that's a, a tough matchup. And then like you mentioned, you don't know who they'd get after that. There's a lot of, a lot of teams, uh, one through five, I'd say, uh, that you, uh, you know, most of them you don't want to see, but know that you're going to face at some point. You know, I don't want to see Wisconsin as much as I do because I want to see that rematch, but they're playing really good basketball. Purdue, it feels like a team. Uh, you know, you're you're in maybe the, the 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 court of, you know, Purdue likely could choke and they could be bounced early. I think I'm more of a, you know, Purdue has seen some losses to Michigan, seen a loss to Michigan State, you know, not been able to win the big ones at the end. Uh, can they make a tournament run with, you know, someone who's likely to be a top five pick in Jaden Ivey? You know, you've got Michigan State, who's talented enough to beat a Wisconsin. Uh, I think Iowa will, will beat Rutgers, um, assuming they get past Nebraska or Northwestern. But you don't know who you're going to face. And I think Michigan can beat just about every team. Uh, Illinois and Wisconsin seem to be the toughest matchups. Uh, and unfortunately, Illinois is that, that first one they'll face after Indiana. But an interesting question, I want to spend some time talking about this. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, to start the show, and as we've kind of alluded to uh, a little bit already as as well throughout the show, Juwan Howard is back. Just kind of first thoughts on what kind of impact you think that will have. I have, I don't have a clue. Like, th- that is one of those things. It's so much easier to say this is what getting Hunter Dickinson back means it's not as easy to say like here's what getting your head coach back means especially because it's not like Michigan flopped around when when he wasn't the head coach like Phil Martelli came in and he's uh, giving major props and praise to his assistants but that whole staff seemed to keep things together really nicely I mean you beat two of your biggest rivals in uh, two out of three games I mean that's that's a really nice feat you got there so I, getting him back maybe like emotionally it's some kind of lift um i i would imagine like uh there's gonna be some tension like if michigan ends up playing illinois um but michigan state and wisconsin so the two teams i think michigan's got like bad blood with based off of this season alone they're on the other side of the bracket so you're not going to see them until or if you make it to Sunday in the championship game. 
so I, I'm, I'm really curious, you know, if that were to happen, like how things might go, especially against Wisconsin. But in terms of like what it means to have him back kind of immediately, like I, I would just guess some kind of nice emotional lift. You get a bit of consistency back. Things are back to normal. I don't know if it means much for like what's happening on the court though. I, I don't, I don't think that changes much. Yeah. I think Michigan pretty much is the team they're, they're going to be at this point. You just got to hope to see the the better version of them come tournament time, or at least the version that hits a couple of more baskets here and there specifically from the three point line. But I'm with you. I, I think, I think an emotional lift, uh, you know, Hunter Dickinson and Jace Howard, you know, went and visited, Juwan Howard, you know, you know, he wants nothing more to to be back on the sideline, back on the court, coaching his guys. Uh, the timing is odd, you know, when you're when you're suspended for as long as he was, as many games as he was in the thick of the season. Uh, again, you're in good hands with the assistants and Phil Martelli, heck of a job by everybody to to keep this thing moving, uh, and even maybe even trending in as good of a direction as they've been all season. But to to get reinstated, I think technically Sunday. Um, and then really only have, you know, a couple of days. Uh, I think they took one of the days off and then a couple of days to prepare for a team that they faced once this season. And, and then, you know, you got to plan ahead for Illinois if you do win that game. seems like an interesting time to to come back and, and kind of take over the team again. I, I would imagine it's going to have to be a col- more collaborative effort than it ever has been before. Obviously, he has Phil Martelli in assistance for a reason, I think. You know, part of Phil Martelli's goal was to show how involved the assistants are. I think he did an incredible job of giving them all the the praise and love that they deserve. Uh, so I don't think we'll see a much different Michigan team. Uh, you know, Jawan Howard coming back is not going to make the team shoot better. Uh, but I think that we'll see <laughs> a, a good, positive energy. And hopefully he's gotten some good, you know, just kind of mental break, uh, you know, kind of come back a, a better version of himself. Obviously he needs to. Uh, especially when any tension arrives, uh, he needs to be able to control himself. So something like uh, what we saw uh, against Wisconsin, or even with the the the, the Maryland stuff, you know, a year prior, uh, just making sure that that stuff uh, isn't going to happen or isn't going to be a part of Michigan basketball in the future. But I bet he's excited. I'm sure that the players are excited to have him back, uh, and he can do some big things by you know making a run in, in one of two tournaments, if not both. Uh, and, and hopefully the, the time he's gotten away, uh, you know, he's learned something about himself uh, and been able to kind of get that reset that he needs. But it will be interesting. I'm uh, going to be happy to see him on the sideline again. I expect him to almost be like really positive, like almost like, you know, overdoing it because of kind of that negativity that people um, maybe have in their minds, especially around the nation. I think Michigan fans, you know, uh, the majority of them welcome him back with open arms and are excited to have him coaching uh, on the sidelines again but I think around the nation you know he definitely rubs some people the wrong way rubs some people in the Big Ten the wrong way Uh, he's got to be the best version of himself as long as he's coaching at Michigan and I thought a a Gus Johnson comment was interesting you know when he was suspended uh, you know NBA you know people were essentially asking if he was going to be fired and I think he said that there were eight teams or so that were you know, interested in, in bringing him back to the NBA. I mean, this man is a basketball legend in, in many ways, and he's looking to add on to that uh, by being a legendary college basketball coach. So I think we'll get a good version of Juwan Howard moving forward, and hopefully that does something uh, for Michigan basketball. Um, so I want to end with two questions. 
the first question is uh, kind of a unique one, um, kind of make you think, but it should be should be easy to answer. Um, I'm going to give you three players' names, and I want you to tell me who makes a bigger impact in, you know, you can Big Ten tournament and Subway tournament. You can combine them both. You can pick someone different for each, but I'm going to give you three players' names. You tell me who makes the bigger impact for Michigan off the bench. Here are the names. Brandon Johns Jr., Frankie Collins, or Kobe Bufkin. Frankie Collins. Uh, And I'll just take that postseason because – I think when he's in the game, even though you kind of you lose a shooter, you definitely do. You know, no doubt about that. Um, you get like a really good ball distributor, a guy who's like going to get downhill with a lot of confidence. Uh, he plays a little more physical than I think his his body size like gives off, um, and and like he he just sees the floor so well. And I like how he pushes the pace. I, I, I think when, when he is on the floor, I, I never have really felt like Michigan is losing much. Again, like the shooting isn't there. You understand that. But everything else he's able to do, and defensively, let's not forget that. Like um, I, He's an upgrade over Devontae Jones defensively. So I, I think that's, that's who I feel like of those three guys has the biggest impact in the postseason. I feel like I agree with you, and I and I would maybe have picked that answer, but because you picked it, I'm going to pick somebody else, and I'm going to go with Brandon Johns Jr. And this is a risky, yeah, risky, <laughs> risky pick. But I am just optimistic that Brandon Johns has a good game or two left in him, and if it's not, you know, a full game, it's uh, it's a couple of moments. Uh, I think if you you look back to the kind of the tournament Brandon Johns, it's the Brandon Johns that I think everybody hoped to see uh, moving forward. Uh, you know, you look at the numbers and it's not like it was anything like super impressive. You know, he dropped 14 against Florida State. You know, they'd be a really good LSU team that year. Um, but he he played better in the NCAA tournament last year than at any point uh, in the regular season. And so because he has that experience, because Michigan, you know, needs more players uh, to to kind of have that, you know, veteran leadership, uh, guys that you know, moments aren't too big for them. Uh, you know, I don't think Frankie Collins or Kobe Bufkin are, are you know, going to not be able to handle big moments. But, you know, Brandon Johns has played a lot of basketball. He's gotten some very, very important minutes. Uh, was playing a ton of minutes in the NCAA tournament uh, last year. Uh, and, and was able to, to to come in and make an impact. So I think because of his position, the likelihood that he's going to get minutes off the bench with you know either foul trouble for Musa Diabate or just guys needing rest in some of these tight battles, I'm hoping more than anything, hoping rather than expecting that that Brandon Johns has you know a couple of big moments left in him before uh, you know we see him off uh, and his career ends at Michigan. All right, final question before we wrap this thing up. If you're the Michigan Wolverines and you're looking at the Michigan Wolverines, what happens uh, with the Michigan Wolverines in the Big Ten tournament? Okay, I figured one of your questions would be like that. Um, and I think this is kind of easy. Like I said earlier, and I think we agree, um, I think Michigan beats Indiana. Maybe we oversold our confidence, and, and perhaps it's a five-point game that looks kind of bad. I don't know. I just don't trust Indiana. I think Michigan wins that game. And then I think you go on the next day and 
lose to Illinois because Illinois is a good team. Um, and it's as simple as that. Like, Michigan isn't as good as Illinois. They can play with Illinois on their best day. But, you know, are you going to have your best day on Friday, March 11th at 11.30 a.m.? Like, that's a very valid question. And I don't think at any given point you can be like, uh, the really good version of Michigan is showing up. So I think you win one, you lose to Illinois. But the important thing is, uh, in that scenario, like you're not going into selection Sunday, all that nervous. It's more just about, okay, is Michigan going to get a, a decent draw here? Uh, could they, you know, perhaps be like a 10 seed? I, that's what you're worried about at that point, which I'll take. Follow up because I expected that to be the answer, and then I'll get to mine. Because we won't talk uh, until after Selection Sunday, Michigan makes the NCAA tournament. We're both assuming, you know, they're likely to be the underdog in in terms of the matchup, whether that's an 11 or a 12 seed. I think they're going to avoid the play-in game, but you never know if you lose to Indiana. Even though Michigan's going to be uh, the the underdog, do you think it's going to be a favorable matchup? I know you have no idea who it's going to be. Is it a favorable matchup, your prediction for Sunday? I think it can be a favorable matchup for uh, lots of different teams because of the fact that there are a lot of like true post-up centers around college basketball. I know we get a good dose of them in the Big Ten, but... If like if Michigan can develop some kind of game plan to really exploit that, then I think you know that's a big advantage for you. And if that's your only advantage, maybe it counts for a little something extra because you know a lot of teams just aren't going to be ready for that. It's going to be hard to prepare for that. So I I would say again, obviously not knowing like who the opponent is, I would say that I think. Um, more often than not, Michigan would have like a a nice advantage there, and and I think that that's a really good thing to have. It, you know, it's it's not like Michigan is a tremendously sharp shooting team, and you're like, hey, that'll keep them in any game. They don't defend extraordinarily well, and you're like, hey, they can keep it in the low fifties and like slug one out. I think you play through the post, and because so many teams like aren't gonna be acclimated to that that's a nice advantage yeah i'm with you on, on both things i think prediction wise i've got a win against indiana a loss against illinois though obviously it'd be favorable if michigan found a way to win that game um you know i just think that illinois is too tough uh, even you know playing having a third shot at them on, on a neutral floor um and i'm with you for selection sunday i think because you're preparing for hunter dickinson one of the better players in the nation uh, and even a guy like a Musa Diabate or a, a good version of Caleb Houston or a, a general that Devontae Jones has come. I don't think Michigan's an easy out for anybody, especially with who they're likely to be paired with. For me, it's, you know, you don't want to see the team that shoots lights out from the three-point line. Uh, and you maybe prefer a team that hasn't seen a lot of zone that Michigan could bother defensively. Because Michigan can play well defensively, they just don't do so consistently enough. So I'm expecting, you know, a win, a loss. You know, hopefully be able to enjoy uh, a birthday weekend myself in Chicago. Hopefully you can get some rest uh, so you feel better, at least by the NCAAs, if not, you know, well before then. Um, but yeah, come selection Sunday, I will be still on the edge of my seat, even though Michigan's a shoe in, just <laughs> yeah. because I'm going to wonder how much of a chance they have not only to win uh, the first game, 
uh, but make some sort of a run as a double-digit seed. We've seen it before. Again, uh, the team Michigan lost to last year was a number 11 UCLA uh, that, you know, dang near won the whole thing. So, uh, you know, that's that's possible. We've seen double digits before. You know, I think of the Syracuses of, of the past that have always barely made it in the tournament, but then somehow made runs. Uh, Michigan could be that team. They could also be the team that gets bounced early in the Big Ten tournament. So uh, that's the beauty of March. Uh, hopefully we'll see more good than bad. But yeah, looking forward to it. And we are looking forward to, to talking about Selection Sunday in the NCAA tournament come next week. Until then, have a great week. Enjoy lots of Big Ten basketball, basketball around the nation. And go Blue. Go Blue.